Jesus was asked a lot of awesome questions during his ministry. And this is one that we think about. We don't always ask it this way. But in Matthew 18, chapter 1, it says the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You know, we always kind of want to measure our situation. We want to know where do I fit in the food chain? You know, who's really awesome? Am I lousy? Am I kind of in the middle? I mean, you know, or can I move up a class? You know, what's the situation here? So they come to Jesus, the disciples, and who's greatest? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was asked, who's the greatest? And the focal point was humility. He said, that's the thing. That's the difference maker. And he called a little child and he said, you know, there's humility. And you think about a little child and the things that they do and how they live life. And you see how they demonstrate their humility. You know, Ann Lander said, do not mistake the love of your dog is proof that you are awesome. We can get a distorted view of ourselves, And Jesus talks about humility and he says, this is what will make you great. And this morning what we're going to talk about is this is the thing that Jesus esteems. And so when we're humble, it gets Jesus' attention. That's kind of cool. You know, that 7 billion people on the planet, and when we pursue humility in our life, God is drawn to us. He takes note of us. He looks at our situation. He's attentive to what's going on. It it, it pulls him to us. And so this morning, we're going to study a a woman named Mary. And we're going to start over in Luke chapter 10. There are a lot of Marys in the Bible, so this was not, you know, Mary that had the demons driven out of her. Um, this is Mary, whose sister is Martha, and whose brother is Lazarus. So Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. And this is a passage we've looked at before, but what what I want you to think in the area of humility is this. Mary gave Jesus her attention. You know, we live in a busy society. There's a lot going on. 
And sometimes one of the hardest things we can do is to deal with the distractions and get focused. But you know what? We have the ability. If you go out with your, your wife or, you know, on a date and it's a busy restaurant, you want to have a special time, what do you tell the, the host or hostess? You say, give us a quiet table. You do not say, put me in the middle of the fray. If you've got families with lots of screaming children, put me right next to them. No, you you purposely ask for a quiet situation so you can have a better time of attention. Or, you know, if you're living life and then then something happens on, on TV like Kobe scores his 60th point. And there's all this racket going on. You're like, wait, wait, stop. Shh. I want to watch. You know, we have the ability to do that. But too often we act as a victim to the distractions around. You know, Jesus said something really amazing right there. He said, Mary has chosen what is better. Giving your attention is a choice. Worshiping God is giving your attention to God. Songs, prayers, all that. That's just not filler space so we can, you know, take the Lord's Supper and have the sermon. No, worshiping God is where He is our audience and we're giving ourselves fully to Him. We're not checking sports scores. We're not checking the email. We're, we're giving ourselves fully to him. But it's a choice. I like how C.S. Lewis put it. He said, humility is not to think less of yourself. It is to think of yourself less. You know, so much of what distracts us is ourself. It's our issues, our problems, our this, our that. We must choose to be Attentive. You know, Martha was serving Jesus, and that's a good thing to do. But Jesus said, no, Mary gave her attention. It takes humility to give attention. You see the, you know, Facebook, remember that, that movie? And there's a point where he's in a, in a deposition with attorneys, and he's not paying attention. And the attorney, you know, says, sir, do I have all your attention? And he says, no. In fact, you have my minimal attention. You have the minimal required attention from me to accomplish this. You know, sometimes that's really how we are with Jesus. I don't want to have to give you my full attention. I just want to be able to give you some. And I hope that you're fine with that. It takes humility to give attention because you have to focus on the other person or the other situation. You can't give your full attention if you're thinking about yourself. And so what, what distracts you? What is it that enters our mind and our hearts that's robbing us from the ability to have total attention given to Jesus? You know, pride wants to focus on the self. But pride will block our connection 
to God. Because pride, pride is where you're just really, you're only focused about yourself. You just love yourself. But the problem is, if you only love yourself, you can't get love from anyone else. And so humility is the decision to slow down and give full attention to God. Yeah, when you go out for that special dinner and you ask for the quiet table, it matters. Say, how's your prayer time in the morning? Are are you setting up for a special time with God in in a great situation, a good quiet situation where you can... Are you just saying, ah, oh, whatever, you know, put me in the middle of the fray, that'll be fine. You go, Ron, in my home, I got a bunch of little screaming kids. Yeah, my kids used to be that age. They've grown up now. You're not going to have a good quiet time if the screaming kids are around. So what do you got to do? Get up before them. Or have one parent watch the kids and the other parent get out of the house. You have to turn the TV off. Get your phone away. You know, what, a good solution, have a paper Bible so that you can put the phone in the other room. Because it's really hard to give full attention to God if you're getting notifications the whole time. You know, you're trying to read in the Psalms and connect with God and your phone's vibrating and it's, oh, it's probably really important because we're all really important people. Humility is to say, no, I'm going to put my life, I'm going to put my agenda on hold. I'm going to have the humility to say, God, you are worthy of my full attention. Jesus took note of Mary. He said, she's chosen what is better. And we have a choice. And humility will make the difference. So Mary gave her attention. Okay. Okay. Let's move on in John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Starting in verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary whose brother Lazarus now lay sick was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus. Yet when he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then we'll pick it up um, in verse 17. It says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. 
And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe you're the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house uh, comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. You know, what a story. Now, one of the things I want you to notice is Martha basically had the exact same conversation that Mary had with Jesus. Yeah, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. I mean, they had who Jesus was on straight. But there was something significantly different about Jesus' response to Mary than to Martha. Now, what was it with Mary? It says, when Jesus saw her weeping. So Martha had this conversation didn't weep. Jesus saw Mary crying and saw the Jews with her crying. And it says that he was moved in spirit. And then he wept. It's the same words. But Mary showed something more. You see, humility... It brings authenticity. You see, when you're humble, you give Jesus everything. You're open. You're honest. You know, somewhere along the line, um, we believed that we're supposed to pray what is supposed to be the right words. And so... We tell Jesus in prayer what we think we're supposed to say. We're supposed to give the right answer. And yet what prayer really is, is giving Jesus an authentic heart. It's telling him what's really on the inside. Just saying it the way you feel. You know, Mary couldn't hold back her emotions. She saw Jesus. She fell at his feet. She wept, and it moved the heart of Jesus. Pride will block us from expressing ourselves in that way. Read a story about a physicist named Henry Rowland, and he was chairman of the physics department at Johns Hopkins in the late 1800s. And he was known for being just incredibly humble, um, silent most of the time, very meek. And uh, on one occasion he was called 
into a courtroom as an expert witness. And the opposing attorney asked uh, Henry, what are your qualifications on this subject? And he said, I am the greatest living expert on the subject being discussed. And later, one of his friends who was in the courtroom pulled Henry aside and said, Henry, I have never heard you speak that way. You were always meek and mild. I was shocked at the words that came out of your mouth for you to claim to be the greatest living expert. He said, what, what evoked that? And he said, I was under oath. I can't lie. You know, it's one of those things, well, am I still humble if it was the truth? Like in, you know, when, when Moses wrote, now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth, and he wrote it. You know, it's, it's, sometimes it's a dilemma, like, well, but can I be authentic? And, you know, but what, what do I have to be? You know, humility just kind of says it like it is. Why? Now, remember where Jesus started? He goes, whoever humbles himself like a little child. You think about the humility of a little child. They just say it like it is. Because they have concerns. They have a need. I don't care if there's a formal party going on. If I need my hind end wiped, I'm going to announce it. So mom or dad come in and take care of business. They don't care. They, they need help. They go to the people who they think can solve the problem, and they say, here's my problem, will you fix it? Yeah, it takes humility to do that. I remember uh, moving to Canada, and I fell in love with hockey. But I didn't know how to ice skate, and I certainly didn't know how to play hockey. And I remember finally asking the brothers, do you think I'm too old to learn how to play hockey? And they're like, no, you can get it. But it was so humbling to be the worst person on the ice every time. Divide teams, always picked last. You know, and I tried and I tried to remember the first time we rented an arena, um, the brothers, and we're out there playing. And brother came and stole a puck from me. And the first thing I did is I turned around and chopped his skates out with my stick. I was his minister. And he looked at me, and I was like, I am so sorry. I go, it's the first thing I thought to do, because you took the puck. <laughs> and he he just laughed. I didn't hurt him. But, you know, it's one of those, it's just so humbling. But it's way better to ask for help from somebody who knows what they're doing. Oh, you know, I got to the point where I was okay and there was a brother in the church, John Cloutier, and he, he was so good at hockey, he got to go to the uh, U.S. Olympic trials. He didn't make the final team in 1984, but he got to go to the trials. So he was amazing. And so we'd go play lunchtime hockey with all these Canadians, you know, and it's like everybody just show up. Some would take off their coat and tie, and you put on your hockey gear, and you go out there. And I was always on John's team, and John would be run. Go stand next to the net and get ready for a pass. 
And he's like skating around doing all this stuff and then boom and right on the stick and then I slam it home. And I'm like, yeah, you know. I scored so many goals in lunchtime hockey, not as many when John was not on my team. But can you imagine if John's like, hey, go stand next to the net and, and, and wait for a pass. I'm like, no way. I'll do it myself. You know what I would have done? Nothing. I would have fallen. I was slow. I couldn't turn very well. I, I mean, I was lousy. But with John helping me, I became a goal-scoring machine. If I told you John offered help and I said, nah, I don't need it, you'd go, well, that was kind of dumb. You don't know how to play hockey. You, sh- you should have been humble. You know, isn't it amazing how we live our lives sometimes? We need help, but we're too afraid to be authentic. We don't want to say what's really going on on the inside because we're worried what somebody's going to think. We don't want to tell God because we think he might be disappointed as if he doesn't know what's really on the inside already. And so we just carry it around with us because we're we're too afraid of just being honest. You know, sometimes we go, I'm honest. I must be humble then because I just say what's on my mind. Remember the model of humility. It's you say what's on your mind, the humility of a little child. You see, venting and vomiting our feelings is a lot different than going to somebody who's able to help us, saying, here's what's really going on in the inside. Can you help me? You see, that takes humility. If somebody says, How's your marriage? How's your family? How's the finances? How's your relationship with God? How's your purity? How's your faith? You know, what answer do you give? Humility produces authenticity. And Mary got Jesus' attention. Jesus wasn't disappointed in Martha. The Bible makes that really clear. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So that's settled. Whether you're, you know, emotional, whether you're laying it all out there on the line, Jesus loves you. That's a given. We're talking about what gets his attention, what moves his heart. And it was Mary's humility of just laying it all out there that produced that response from Jesus. Now, a little later in chapter 12, in verse 1, it says, Six days before Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. 
But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold the money given the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, as keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. He said, now what, what did Mary give here? Mary gave her adoration. Mary thought Jesus was exceptional. And she was passionate about the opportunity. She wanted to do something extravagant. It was visible. There are others that were, were critical of her. She wanted to do something out of the ordinary. You know, there's a difference between knowing somebody and adoring somebody. Yeah, when you have adoration, and you, you just can't help but shower your praise on them. You just want to do special things. Here's my, here's my question. Does Jesus think you adore him? Or just that you think he's cool? Yeah, remember the, the, the talk Jesus had with Peter right before um, he was taken up to heaven? He said, Peter, do you love me? And he goes, yeah, yeah, we're friends. You see, that was the conversation. It takes humility to adore another person. You're not going to show adoration if you want to give that focus on yourself. You know, I think about Mary and you know, in another account, it says she's done a beautiful thing. And throughout time, it's going to be written about what she did. You know, when you do something extravagant, that's not something that you do every moment of every day. Mary, Mary didn't pour perfume on Jesus' feet a thousand times. She did it once. You say... Does Jesus feel your adoration? Do something special. You know, it's one of the reasons that we have men's retreat. I mean, it's a beautiful place to be up there in the mountains in uh, Fraser Park. But we go up there to spend extra time to connect with God. It takes us out of our element. We're out of the city. We're up there in God's country. It's beautiful. It's awesome. The air's fresh. It's something extra. Say, do you have to do it to be a Christian? No. But I love God, so I look forward to going. Because I get extra time. So it's your opportunity. I want to challenge everybody. Show your adoration to Jesus somehow. Some way. Don't think it. Show it somehow. Write him a letter. Spend a night in prayer. Write a song. Do something. But show Jesus your adoration. You know, Mary, Mary was amazing and Jesus loved her. And you see different stages of her interactions with Jesus. 
that God recorded for you and I to read about. Why? Because whoever is humble like a little child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That word humility. Let's focus on our humility. What's it going to take? Give your attention. Make the choice. Choose what's better. Give Jesus your attention, your time. If you've never studied the Bible, give Jesus your attention. He created the universe. He's worth it. He's worth a few hours of your week. Humility produces authenticity. Be authentic. Be honest. Be honest with people who can help. Be honest in prayer. Tell God how you really feel. Don't tell Him what you're supposed to say. Be honest in prayer. And finally, give Jesus adoration. Do something special. I just don't want Him to think, hey, we're buds. We're like, no. You're amazing, and I want to show you. I want to do something special for you to communicate that. Humility moves the heart of Jesus. You got an opportunity this week to move the heart of Jesus. What's it take? Humility. Let's all be mindful of this and put these things into practice in our life so we could be great in the kingdom of heaven. Amen.